I'm Drew Caldwell, and this is the Barney's Podcast, the show that celebrates fashion, style, culture, and most of all, personality. I'm a senior buyer for men's at Barney's. I see a lot of fashion. Over the last decade, menswear has stepped into a spotlight, and Americans, like Harem Preston, are at the forefront. I'm this type of kid who just wants to be friends with everyone, not not just, you know, the cool kids. I was a skater, right? But like I was friends with like the nerds. I just love just being around different people than than me. Heron is one of a core group of American designers influencing fashion today, and he's worked with all kinds of fascinating collaborators, from Nike to Virgil Abloh and even the New York Department of Sanitation. Whoever he's working with, whatever he's doing, his vision as a designer remains clear. It's kind of a tribute to American ingenuity and a longtime commitment to sustainability. I can always spot a hair impressed in design. His most recent collection? It's a partnership with NASA. Yeah, like space. I mean, I just couldn't dream any bigger than going to space. Uh, <laughs> the biggest I could dream at the time. You know, I was just thinking about, like, who I, who I would like to collaborate with. And I think... Um, as innovative as, as NASA is and what they've contributed to humanity and what wh- where they've kind of pushed the limits, you know, I, I identify with, you know, that type of dreaming. What was their response when you approached them? Like, what? Were they immediately like, yeah, or were they like... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're busy. We've got satellites. <laughs> well, I think if I would have spoken to maybe someone else who wasn't necessarily used to working in this in this way, then I probably would have gotten that response. But I was directed to the right guy okay. who does a lot of like the licensing for like movies and stuff. So yeah, you know, it was all inspired by like the first layers of of that iconic white spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Um that we've all kind of grown up being fans of. Um, and so I, I, I reached out to the woman who did The Martian, the costume mm-hmm. designer. I, so I did a bunch of research. I spoke to a bunch of people. Um, and and from from that, I started to design design the collection. If we were to send you up into space <laughs> today, <laughs> do you have uh, like three things you couldn't live without? Um, We're gonna send you up on a SpaceX rocket. Man, I would want my dog to come with me. Okay, I would want Boo Boo to come for sure. Uh, I think my girlfriend, she definitely has to come as well. Um, and <laughs> and um, man, I'm thinking now about like some food. Um, maybe some like Jean George. I need okay. some Jean George from ABC Cochina. Okay, on deck. <laughs> Is there a favorite dish you have there? I like the jamón um, queso croquetas. <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah. All right. Hey, we were talking a little bit before we officially started about you know uh, you DJing and mm-hmm. you're having this block party in Milan to yeah. celebrate your brand and uh, uh, you've you've done a lot of DJing in the past. Um, what are you getting out of that that uh, you're not getting from other places? Um, I think it's kind of gone hand in hand with just me like even making clothes and screen printing t-shirts back in back in high school and because I was really into music, I was really into hip hop, I was really into turntablism and and scratching and that was a really big movement and community in the Bay Area of San Francisco where I where I grew up. And so when I moved to New York for college, I started throwing parties at Sway on Spring mm-hmm. Street. So on Monday nights at Sway, I was bringing Bay Area music, San Francisco music 
Bay Area rap to New York. And I wanted to introduce this flavor that I wasn't hearing in New York City. Downtown was different than like the downtown today. And it was just all these characters that made downtown New York um, special for me at the time. Like they've either kind of now today they've either moved away or they've died or they've like they just don't exist in downtown New York City. Or they're not making it special. Were and you hanging out at those uh, uh, talking about uh, street parties like the Deitch? Yeah, after the opening, for sure. They would kind of spill out yeah. into the into the street. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. After those openings, like. Uh yeah, uh Grand Street like became a party. Could, yeah, it became a party. Like that was that was new, that was the New York that I that raised me. So do you think that that do you still look to like nightlife and like what goes on in those like tribes and crew? Is that still like a source of inspiration for you? I, I I've always joked around like if a city doesn't really have a nightlife, you should just get out. You know because there's a lot. Of, <laughs> that's where the culture. You know that's 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 where a lot. You know, a lot of ideas and community kind of building happens um, is at night. And that's kind of where you get a lot of sharing of ideas and and fashion and style, um, you know, because people are dressing up, you know, to like go out and, you know, make a statement. And so, yeah, I still find a lot of inspiration. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of like, you know, you had like an Instagram presence before like, people were really trying to get attention on Instagram for like designing. You had sort of a underground following. Right. Are you down with that? Like, are you like, yes, use Instagram as a tool to get your work out there. Like, yeah, do you sure. embrace that or is, you know, what are your, yeah, I mean, well, I just look at, look at that as, you know, using the internet as a tool, um, using technology as a tool. And that's exactly what I use to get to where I am today. Um, I was a skater, right? And so I guess you can naturally say, like, oh, he's like a cool kid. But like, I was friends with like the nerds. I wanted to learn how to code. And so I would hang out with like the coders at like lunchtime. Um, so I kind of, I learned how to code. I learned how to Photoshop. And so I started blogging like earlier on. Um, what was your first blog? What were you blogging about? I was just blog. So I had just moved to New York. Um, and, and I wanted to just show my friends back home what it was like living in New York City. Um, and I was just having this kind of daily journal of, of experiences that I was just sharing with the world. So that's where I was starting to gain, you know, traction earlier on. And so I think, you know, once I launched my collection, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised at, at like the traction. I was like, I haven't just introduced myself to the world with yeah. this. Like I've been, I've been contributing to the world before this collection. It was with my blog, it was with content, it was through connecting through all of that. Is there a a favorite moment from those early days, like uh, something that you did, something that you worked on that you're still really proud of? From that blog, I got in touch, or not, I didn't get in touch with, but he got in touch with me. Um, it was this publisher um, from Miami um, named Al Moran, who now has a gallery in Los Angeles called Moran Moran. And um, he had a vision that my blog could be a book. And I was like, sure. And so all of a sudden I had this book deal on the table. And he was like, so what do you want to do? And, um, and I immediately kind of just started thinking about this kind of running joke that I had about living in New York, that it felt like a big kid's high school. And, and I decided to do a high school yearbook. <laughs> 
for New York City. <laughs> so I reimagined New York City as a high school, and and um, and that was the concept. So it was called the Young and the Banging, and. <laughs> And uh, it was it just featured a bunch of like my friends from Parsons, and then I had a bunch of friends who were going to NYU at the time, and so that was like the class body of like New Yorkers that made up the yearbook. And so I kind of had all these like I saw these like similarities in living in a city that felt so much like high school. From like the taxi taxis were like school buses, or like the restaurants were like my cafeterias, or. You know, the streets were like my hallways, always running into people downtown, you know, where no no matter where I would walk, I would always run into someone like it was a high school hallway. Um, and the more successful people around me that I was very curious about how they made livings, those were like my teachers. Once the book was made and, and printed, I brought a copy to Nike and I presented them the project. I was like, this is a yearbook that I just, I've just published. This is the concept. And I, I just think you guys should know about it. Um, I'm not sure what we could do together, but you should know it. I just did this. So I leave, they call me back and they're like, Hey, we would love to support you know, your book launch with a gallery show. You should, you should have a gallery show for this. Um, are you okay with that? Are you okay with curating your own gallery show by yourself? And I'm like, sure, of course. <laughs> like never, ever done that in my life. Didn't really know what it really entailed, but I agreed to do it and left and like was like sweating bullets. I was like, what did I sign up for? What did I agree to? Oh my God, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe this is all happening. I just, you know, I just wanted to just show my friends back home in San Francisco what it was like to live in New York. I wasn't expecting to like make a book or let alone curate my own gallery show with Nike backing it. I had a couple weeks to put it together. And so I basically made it look like, like a high school. So I had this bleacher built and put in the the gallery and I I had this like um paper mache like volcano that I filled up with um baking soda and, and vinegar, vinegar and had an, an eruption at one moment <laughs> during the night and I even contacted this back to school um cl- uh, uh photographer um school school photos so I had a school photo moment and I had a rack of different clothes you could uh style yourself as the character that you were in high school. So if you were a goth, I had like a goth cape. If you were like a cheerleader, I had like a cheerleader pom-pom and like cheerleader outfit. That's if you were like idea. a rocker kid in high school, I had like I had like a leather jacket with spikes. I love it. So people were pulling these like looks off the rack and like taking these photos, these back to school photos. I had all like the cheesy like backgrounds. Um and so there was that moment so fashion, did it have a, the same kind of organic start for you yeah. as like, so, uh, you know, this this blog for led sure. into these art books, which led into yeah. this gallery show. Like, did did you have the same kind of organic move into like making clothes? Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I never really knew ever what I wanted ever. Um, it, I, I just always wanted to just get these ideas out of my head. Um so I was making t-shirts in San Francisco and I hadn't started blogging yet. When I moved to New York, I stopped making t-shirts um, because I was making them myself. I was literally hand screen printing these t-shirts what myself. Were they? So it was called Hair and Preston. And uh, it was just these, uh, it was, I had like a Tupac shirt. So I, re, I redrew his tattoos. So I had like a Tupac tattoo tee. That sounds um, pretty. It was just a time American Apparel was, had just launched. So American Apparel was like the hottest like blanks to print on. So they're all printed on American Apparel tees, super soft. Um, and so 
I started making these like bootleg t-shirts. Um, and that eventually just led to me doing more kind of just little one-off projects here and there. And so I launched HPC Trading Co. as an objects destination, art objects, functional art objects that you could shop. Um, and I spoke to Virgil about it. I was like, hey, I'm going to do another like one-off. I got this this like blue flames hat idea. And he was like, and so at the time, Virgil had already launched Off-White. And so I was like, yeah, I'm doing another object. Um, and it's just going to be this blue flames hat. And it's going to go crazy. And he's looking at me like, that's all you're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to drop one hat, really? And I was like, yeah, like that's what I've been doing. I'm going to drop one hat. And he's like, that's not enough. You, you, need to, you need to do a jacket. You need some socks. You need to have a whole look. And I was like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds rad, actually. I would love to have a look. He's like, you should go talk to you know, my team in Milan. Um, and, and that's kind of feel like that's kind of like my story of things just like falling in my lap through these ideas that I've been putting into the world. What's what? Who's who? Have you, who have you met recently? That's really up to something interesting. Uh, Tell me, like, what recently? have what have you been inspired by recently? Um, I mean, I think just a lot of like the work that like Elon Musk has just been up to. Um, I remember when I, I I had woken up one morning and you know went to Instagram like all of us popped up opened my phone and I saw that he was selling flamethrowers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is like the last time that someone made me feel like this. I was like, holy crap, like, this dude is really selling a flamethrower right now. Like, who does that? And in the video, like, it was just like a cell phone video. It wasn't some overproduced, like, buy this now. It was like him, uh, it was like his friend filming him chasing him with the flamethrower. <laughs> like, Elon Musk was chasing his friend with the flamethrower. Like, he was trying to burn him or something. <laughs> Like, this is crazy. I have to buy one right now. And and so I clicked on the link and it it went to his like boring boring company <laughs> website. And and it just reminded me of HPC Trading Co. It had like one object. <laughs> it was like one thing there. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, this is like HPC. There's like not a lot of stuff here." You know, just like my site. It was like there was like You've got a flame hat. He's yeah, got a flamethrower. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The blue flames hat and he had the flamethrower. So I saw so much in kind of what he was up to and because he was doing like he does like Tesla and SpaceX and all these huge projects, but then he's got like the boring company where he sells like one flamethrower. So I bought a flamethrower. <laughs> Um, still waiting for that to come in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, just kind of like looking at, again, outside of, and I, I've always been fascinated with just like moving outside of my space and like bridging these different worlds and just trying new things. Um, <clears throat> where kind of, you know, taking it where fashion, you know, hasn't really taken it for me. Um, you know, I'm really inspired by like the work that like Ai Weiwei has been doing, um, his all of his humanity work. Um, you know, I just watched his his film uh, Human Flow, which was about his his all his work on on humanity. And so I would love to like work with him um, on on some work um, and just really again kind of pushing my ideas in 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 that in that space. That's great. Yeah, we we talked. I think. Uh 
maybe a year ago after you first launched the collection about like uh, the sustainability mm-hmm. thing and yeah. um, and that seems like kind of have you stayed in that lane as well in the sustainability yeah, lane like sure. is that still something that's important to you now yeah no it is it totally is um i just so i've recently been able to kind of start switching all of my cotton so my my fleece in my jersey over to um organic organic cotton um and i am also still actively involved with the department of sanitation um, they're doing this whole entire uh, design competition um, for um, their disposal bins all across New York City. And so oh, I'll be cool. sitting on like the uh, judging committee for that. So yeah. I like those solar bin <laughs> things they have now. Yeah, yeah. They look like sort of like robots. Yeah, yeah. to keep the rats out. <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're called like big belly bins yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, also did like an internship apprenticeship at Eileen Fisher, um, who is she's got one of the most sustainable like yeah. apparel brands like in the world. So I did an internship there. Um, so I was going up for a week every day uh, and working out of her tiny factory. She has a take back program um, <clears throat> where you can bring back old Eileen Fisher that you no longer want, um, and it eventually gets back to the the tiny factory where they will sort every garment and put it back on the rack um, and re- resell it. Um, and it's kind of, you know, thinking about me being there and her brand and who she is, we're totally like un- the most unlikely pair ever. <laughs> like, yeah, to the say most, the least. To say the least, <laughs> to say the least. But at the same time, we're like, we're, we're like, we have the same mind. We're like-minded. We have the same vision um, and passion um, for reducing the impact on the environment. And so I thought it was funny as well, kind of like putting myself and surrounding myself amongst all of these these older women who, you know, my, my grandmother wears Eileen Fisher, um, you know, and, and learning from them. But yeah, so to answer your question that you asked me like an hour ago... <laughs> Um, yeah, I am, c- you know, continuing, um, you know, my, my journey in, in sustainability. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. we'll wait for the, uh, Heron Preston, Eileen Fisher collab <laughs> fall 2019, maybe. <laughs> Possibly, maybe. <laughs> Thanks so much, Heron. Thank you. All right. Thank you. If that suede DJ set piqued your interest, join Heron at the drop at Barney's LA on June 2nd. He'll be DJing live and launching an exclusive capsule. For more details, go to barneys.com. The Barney's podcast is produced by Barney's and Transmitter Media. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>